I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Hello and welcome to episode 29 of the Kento Bite Dispatch. I'm Emily Lind and with me, as always, my delightful co-host, Brittany Brown. Hi, Brittany. Hello. How are you? I am hung over as shit. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> Why are you hung over? So, um, yesterday... We had a big like get together um, of a bunch of like Star Wars podcasting people and podcast listener people. Um, Johnny Grasso was there, and from of course Rogue One. Also, Mikey was there, and Araj from the Sith List and his wife were in town, and um, like. People came in from Jersey. People came in from Philly. And good times were had by all. But I'm I'm feeling it this morning because I did not listen to my rule of only having two drinks. <laughs> and I didn't, like, the thing is, like, I didn't get, like, super smashed or anything. I think I had, well, I, ha- I ended up having, like, Three vodka sodas, and also at some point a shot of something that Katie McCourt handed to me. It was like a green tea shot, but I don't know what liquor was in it because it was such like a sweet, like cocktail tasting thing that I couldn't actually identify the liquor. But yeah, so I was like, I wasn't like super drunk at the party, but. I'm just, I can't recover anymore. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm at the age where a hangover is sort of like, you're just going to feel like shit for the entire day. Ugh, that doesn't sound fun. But yeah, the, the shots that are given to you are always just the best shots. The shots with just no explanation. Just like, here you go. You know, from friends, especially. Yeah, generally, I think if you're just taking mystery shots, it should probably be from friends. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I said friends, because any other mystery shot, that's that's never good. Yeah, never. yeah, stay away from mysterious shots. shots from strangers. Please. I generally don't drink anything that a stranger hands to you. That's just no. good life advice, I think. But yes, yeah, we had a good time. We talked a lot about Star Wars. We talked a lot about other things. <laughs> um, yes, people people got pretty fucking wasted, and I think everybody seemed to have a really good time. And it was just it was super cool to to meet Araj and Lorena, 
Um, for those listening, Araj does the Sithkus podcast that we've been on a couple of times. And we really, we love being on that show. And it was my first time, it was my first time meeting him like in person. So that was great. Such a nice guy. I haven't met his wife, Lorena, yet, but I know that she's wonderful, too. But, gosh, you just met so many great people. Like, I'm so jealous, but I'm so happy for you. Yeah, it was it was really fun. And Lorena, like, I've interacted with her a little bit, but I didn't, I didn't know her, like, that well going into this. But I was just, like, super comfortable talking with her pretty much all night. Like, she's just, like, a rise. Really just funny and sweet and smart. And I love our Star Wars people. Me too. They're the best people. Well, I'm glad that you had a a good Saturday. I did. And let's see, other things that were done this weekend. I think we both saw the Black Panther, right? Yes. I loved it. Yeah, we're not we're not going to get like into spoilers because I know people can't always see it opening weekend and Star Wars podcast is probably not what you're expecting to hear Black Panther spoilers so I don't want to you know accidentally ruin the movie for anybody but I loved it I didn't expect to love it as much as I did and you know I'm I'm a fan of the Marvel movies but they're never really movies that I'm like I want to go see this again. But the blank, pa- the Black Panther was one of the first movies ever that I was like, I want to actually see this again. And that's huge for me. Like I loved, you know, I, I love Black Panther. I love Michael B. Jordan's character. I loved the sister. I loved Lupita Nyong'o's, Nyong'o's character. And you could obviously tell that I don't know names, but, uh, but everyone just did such a good job. It was just so good. It's really good. And it felt like... And I, and I I said this on Twitter, but I think it bears repeating, which is it it felt like the first Marvel movie, and I and I like a lot of the Marvel movies, but this felt like the first one that actually had something to say. And it's not just hey, Iron Man's gonna hit things. Isn't that fun to see? Like you come out of this really caring about these characters a whole lot, even yeah. even. Even like the bad guy, they do a good job of developing and giving um, a real purpose to. Yeah, they humanized him just so well. And, you know, all the characters, too, and you felt for them, you know, going out of the theater, too. You know, I felt a lot of feelings I felt for these people and especially Michael B. Jordan's character. Like, God. Yeah. And it's cool. Like. It's also just like it's a good movie. Like beyond that, like I think it's really well written. It's there's a lot of of really fun scenes and the fight scenes are all spectacular. They are. Um and this is just like really mild spoilers, but there's this scene in this <laughs> in of all things a casino <laughs> and it's awesome. It's such a good action sequence, like all these action sequences, um, and like including like there's a there's a ch- car chase sequence, which I'm normally like not a huge fan of. Uh, one thing I liked is 
you can actually tell what's going on in all the fight sequences, which is not always the case in these big action movies. (laughs) Where sometimes like the lighting is so bad or they're just shot really weird. And so you can't like even really tell who anybody is. But this one was great. Yeah, like I highly recommend this. Like even if you haven't like dug all the Marvel movies, like this is a really good one. Yeah, I was telling people at work yesterday, I'm like, you need to go see this movie. Like, it doesn't matter. You haven't seen any other Marvel movies. I feel like, you know, with this movie, if you haven't seen any of the other Marvel movies, you would still understand what's going on, which is a wonderful thing. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. Like, the only thing that you wouldn't get is, you know, the the in-credit tags. But if you've never seen any Marvel movies, like, you're probably not hanging around for those anyway. And they're not at all, like, central to the plot of this movie. True. Because they they do a good job of explaining everything that you need to know. Yeah, that was another thing, too. You know, I don't really recall any of the other Marvel movies doing that. Like, I feel like I got, like, a great understanding of what happened, like, during... Because Black Panther was in Civil War. Which yeah. was like a the a Captain America movie or whatever they called it, but you know they were able to be like, all right, this is what kind of happened last movie, and then kind of go back to you know the present, so like the audience could understand. Because I I felt bad before watching this because I was thinking, shit, I should have watched Civil War so I'd have got more like Black Panther. But I feel like you know during the film, I'm like, okay, like I'm easily able to understand what happened before the movie, why it happened, and how it's going to affect what's happening now, which is really important. Yeah. And again, like, the the performances are so good, and visually it's stunning. Um, Wakanda is gorgeous, and all the, all the, the, the costuming is beautiful. It is. I got a little like teary-eyed some points because it was just like so beautiful and breathtaking. Yeah. It's just it's visually a stunning movie. It is. I highly recommend it. Oh, and saw the Han Solo trailer on the big screen, which is nice. Yes. It looks so good. I didn't expect to see it. Like at my theater, it was like right before the movie started and I screamed and Rusty got really mad. (laughs) He's like, Brittany. And I'm like, sorry. But then everyone was like, I feel the same way. And I'm like, thank you. But it looks good. Like for some reason, Alden just looks so much better on the big screen as, as Han, but Lando, nothing looks as good as Lando does on a big screen. That smile. Oh, oh. freaking Lando, man. Lando's going to destroy us. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, like, again, like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I'm going to like this movie or not, but I know I'm going to like him. That's all that matters. Yeah. Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to like uh, Dryden Voss, too, probably. Oh, Hopefully yeah. He's kind of scary. Scary in that sexy way. That's oh. what I like. <laughs> hmm. Um, we got there's not a lot of news this week. 
But um, since we were talking about Solo, um, John Favreau is going to do a voice for a cool and important alien. And then John Favreau tweeted a picture of the um the one we had actually questioned before who they were the little the little monkey looking one that's at the con- like at the pilot controls or the gunner controls or whatever they are yeah that's cool i'm interested to see why he's cool and important yeah um i was wondering if oh maybe the timing doesn't work for that but i was wondering if he was doing the um the role that uh that would have originally been michael k williams like they said that that role was cut after he couldn't do it, but I want like the timing didn't work out for him, but I'm, I'm wondering if it was like that. Cause they, that's also sort of how they described him was a, not a huge part, but a, like a important one. Hmm. I'm like looking at, Oh no. Cause that was, that was like reshoots. Never mind. Yeah. Because, um, I forgot that he had actually done some filming. Yeah, Bettany was cast in the place of Michael K. Williams because I'm reading just like the character information right now. So, but, you know, that would be interesting, too, that if like that was the replacement for Michael K. Williams's character. Well, that's it. because they say that character was was cut out and not just like recast. I wonder, like, what sort of thing they put in okay so yeah this says that paul bettany is essentially playing the same character yeah cast in his place is like the official yeah so word uh, with the character i'm sorry with the character being reworked from a motion capture alien to a human okay huh That's no, that's right. interesting. I wonder why they I wonder why they decided to humanize him. Maybe maybe it was just a maybe it was a issue of time or money. You know what? That could probably be cuz it's a lot cheaper to just have a person. <laughs> Unfortunately. Hmm. Well, that should be interesting. He or John Favreau voiced pre Vizsla in the Clone Wars so it'll be nice to see him again I just love his voice like his voice acting and the Clone Wars is like some of my favorite you remember Vizsla right yeah I remember him because that was the one I was just describing as the John Favreau sounding dude until I looked him up and I was like oh that's why he sounds like John Favreau <laughs> oh man Favreau has a very distinct voice I love it I wonder if he's just like being John Favreau in this movie or if he's if he's going to have like a like a voice for this character cuz if that if that he- little monkey guy just sounds like John Favreau that's going to be a little <laughs> bit distracting 
<laughs> I think I'll have a voice. Like, that kind of character doesn't look like a character that would just have a John Favreau <laughs> voice. <laughs> no. Also, I really, I'm really hoping we get a name for him soon because I can't just... It's John Favreau. Yeah, okay. No, yeah, that's, well, okay. That's fine. I guess we'll just call him John Favreau now. It's a little slightly better than monkey looking dude. Mm. I love John Favreau right now. I'm patiently waiting for the Lion King to come out and for the teaser to destroy me because I was destroyed when I first saw it at that convention. But oh man, I love him. He's great. Yeah, I I in general I like his stuff. And I think the Lion King is gonna be pretty fucking cool oh i can't wait i i can't wait i know rusty always gets mad at me because i forget that he directed the first two iron men movies i believe or three i don't know but my brother gets mad at me all the time because i forget that or i'm i forget that he's a director sometimes i just remember him that because he was on friends and I watched that a lot, like as a teenager and as a kid. So I'd be like, "Oh, that's the guy from Friends. That's Monica's boyfriend." <laughs> <laughs> I always like to to know, like, like what people associate with certain actors. Yeah, that's Monica's boyfriend to me. Okay, yeah, because for me, that's still. I mean, I'm. I'm old enough that for me it's automatically like swingers as my reference point on him. Like, and I still think like I still think of him as that. I still think of um um what's his name Vince Vaughn the same way. Like, even though they've both done t- tons of shit since then, and like I would say you know better stuff since then. It's still, like, my automatic association. Yeah, I love that, too. <sighs> well, what other news do we have this week? Um, We got information on some of the toys that are upcoming because um, New York Toy Fair was this weekend... So, um, Corey from Making Star Wars was there, and he, uh, oh no, he wasn't there, but he wrote the article. Um, apparently, uh, Eric Cameron was, was there and taking pictures for them. And we have a bunch of the new six inch black series, and then some of like the three and three quarters, uh, solo ones. Um, you know, neither of us are huge collectors, but I, I always think it's interesting to see what they decide to make and, you know, the first runs for these and just sort of to see which characters look good and which look like shit. Um, like the the Beckett one is pretty good, I think. Like he actually he actually looks like Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Here, I'm scrolling up because I was scrolling all the way down. But yeah, I 
That does look like Woody Harrelson, but that beard and the hair just like throws me off so much. Like it just looks like Woody Harrelson, but like with weird hair. Yeah, I really don't like that hair. Yeah. I mean, I'm loving like how detailed these toys are. Like looking at them, I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. These yeah. are detailed. The the Alden Hahn is 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 pretty good. Um, like it's a little bit generic looking, but I mean, you can tell who it's supposed to be. Lando looks good. Lando looks fucking great. And I love that he has like a cape and a scarf. And it's just like he has the the coolest thing I think on that toy is he has like one eyebrow raised. Which, (laughs) I mean, good call on whatever designer decided to do that. Because that's brilliant. I love that. Um, there's um, a Kira. Kira looks okay. Yeah, like the face is a little bit weird. Um, yeah. Leia looks good. Yeah, there's Hoth Leia. Um, oh. And there's something that Brittany might be interested in, which is a little uh, two porg set. <laughs> the porgs. They're cute. I'm glad that they've decided to make this very, very smart decision on making a black series porgs because Yeah, instead of just again, like is- instead of just like having them as accessories with other characters. Yeah, like they're they're not accessories. They're vital. To Star Wars and to my shrine of porgs, yeah. which I'm currently in the process of purchasing two more. Oh my god. How so. is that even possible? So I was able to find some porgs that were only sold in Europe. Okay. Because I'm smart. And they're shipping now. They should be here in 12 to 20 days or less. So in 12 to 20 days, I will be in the presence of two lovely porgs. And I'm very excited because after I possess these porgs, I will be at 20 porgs. And I almost have the same amount of porgs as the number of age that I am. And that's crazy. That's a lot of porgs. It's not enough porgs, Emily. It's not enough. Well, if you get, I mean, this Black Series gives you two more porgs. Yeah, I mean, I hate saying that I I don't count these because they're not stuffed animals, but that's just me, you know, that's just me being weird. But yeah, I mean, like, I'd love to, to have them, like, more porgs the merrier. Yeah. They're cute, though. They are cute. There's one, like, there's one with its arms outstretched and one with them with its head cocked and its arms down, and I really like it. Oh, I guess wings is the word that people generally use when talking about birds. I guess but porgs are just so different that like you could give any names to like their arms or their little feet as long as you don't eat them it's it's good <laughs> oh, well we also get a, a Gamorian guard which I'm interested in that we're getting that for some reason but that's just me like I'm not a toy collector or anything so like I I should be giving no opinions um, but- no but I mean it's like I'm not gonna buy it but it's a good looking figure it is. 
Um, there's a Holdo, which I'm excited about. I'm going to probably get that one. Um, and there's a Tarkin, which looks pretty fucking good. Oh, that does. And he's, oh man, it's, I don't, it's like posed with its, with its arms behind its back, which is great. And there's, in front of that, there's a couple of, um, Astromex, like, and it looks like a, like a sort of like a damaged R2, maybe. Yeah, I don't know what movie that's from either. That's from when, um, he's on Geonosis or, um, Dagobah, but I'm probably wrong, but. Oh, well, I like the green one. Yeah, and then there's, is that Cody and Rex? I'm My my clone I, identification is not great. You got Rex right. Uh, the one in the gray is oh, wolf. Okay. Yeah, you know, Dave Filoni and his wolf addiction. Like, the, uh, the armor kind of looks like wolfish. And the helmet, it's like gray and white. He also has one eye, too, which I forget. Something happened to him. I forget what. It's the thing about Clone Wars is that, like, you know, different things are happened to these clones. And, like, I forget and I feel bad. But then it's like, eh. oh, well. But, yeah, there's that. There's Rex. Um, We see Kylo Ben. Oh, I just got a Kylo Ren shirt. And it's really oh, nice. cool. Yeah. I got to wear Kylo Ben with me every day. Not every day, but every time I decide to wear Kylo Ben with me, which is a blessing. But yeah, those are all some really good pictures of uh, the Black Series figures. Yeah. Um. In general, I like. I don't. I only own a couple of them, but they're pretty decent. Yeah, my brother and I used to collect action figures as kids. I don't know what happened to them now, but we haven't done that in a long ass time. But I wish for more Padme, but like that's just me wanting my favorite oh, yeah, of character. Course. But other than that, like these are all really good. Like I think other than the Porgs, I think Princess Leia is like my favorite and Lando. Yeah. Um, I wish there was it doesn't look like either in the Black Series or in the um, three and three quarter series. There's not an L three three seven, which is which is disappointing. But I mean, you figure that's got to be coming out in a wave at some point for probably Wookie Weekend. Yeah, I but I wonder if that'll maybe be wave two. Possibly. I don't know these waves anymore. I hope we get some of those Karelian dogs, too, for one of those waves. Yeah, oh, whatever Karelian they're called. Homes. I don't know what they're... I don't know the official name yet, but oh well. But yeah. But... So there is like a toy fair in New York. Is that where these are from? Yeah, it's like a big, like a big trade show. Where everybody just sort of has this stuff that's going to be coming out over the next, you know, 
18 months or so. Nice. So there's been there's been like tons of pictures of the new like Funko stuff. Um and all the like Mesco and all the big um all the big toy companies go there. Hell yeah. Um, and the other like upcoming announcements we got were for the solo um related books and comics. Um Entertainment Weekly had a big article on them all. Um there's some good sun and stuff. There's gonna be um a five issue mini series called Lando Double or Nothing. Um, apparently this one is like coming out right after the movie because they're really closely related. Um, and the quote on that one is it's focused on Lando set during an instant right before the film with backstory about Lando and L3 coming out of the film. We think everyone is going to want to read more about Lando, (laughs) which yeah, yeah, no shit. (laughs) But you know, that's probably, it's probably one I'll wait until they're all out and like get the trade paper back or something. But I do love Lando. And if the art is good, then I'm excited for that one. Um, there's going to be uh, a YA novel by, by Ray Carson, who did one of the, st- I want to say, did she do one of the stories in Canto bite? I think so. Let me check because that sounds really familiar. Um, yes, yeah, she did. Um, I don't remember which one she did. The second um, story, I think. Wait, no. Um, she also oh. did one of the um, stories from um, a certain point of view. Oh, yeah. So, like, I'm looking at the descriptions. Um, she did the old habits die hard when a servant is forced into a mad struggle for power among Kento Bikes Elite. Oh, so that was the one about the the masseuse, right? Yeah. That was a, yeah, I liked that one. That was good. I like that character. Um, and this one is focusing on Han and Kira when they were when they were teens, and sort of like making it on the streets of Corellia. And so that could be fun. I think I think a lot of the the YA ones have been pretty decent, and I think I think. Carson's a good writer, so it sort of depends, like, how I feel about these characters after the movie, like, whether I want to know more of them or not. Yeah, that's, like, with me, too. Like, I I want to want to read these and get excited for them, but then again, like, I haven't seen the movie yet. So it all depends on, like, how excited I am after the movie to want to get to know these characters more. Like, the most wanted one, like... Obviously, like, if I love these characters, I'm going to want to learn about how they were when they were teenagers. But 
I mean, right now I can only see me wanting to know more about them if like if there was a romance because I'm really big on romance shit. So like if there was a romance between Han and Kira, then I was like, and I'd be like, okay, like I want to know every detail of everything. Yeah. Um, the one the one I'm most excited about is one called last shot and that's by daniel jose older who did um oh half resurrection blues and and some other stuff he's he's i haven't read a ton of him but i've liked what i've read and this one is about um han and lan and and lando um the the creative director at lucasfilm publishing says it is about connecting three different eras in their lives um and it's also gonna have um sana or sana staros who's the one who came up in the comics and and claimed to be han's wife so you have let's see part of it takes place before the events of solo and focuses on lando and l337 Part of it take, takes place between Solo and A New Hope, and that focuses on Han and Chewie. And then part of it is post-Return of the Jedi, where we see Han, Leia, a very young Ben Solo, and Lando comes into the story. Oh my god, is he going to be like Uncle Lando? Oh my god, I hope! That'd be so fun. Yeah, and it says, we bounce around through time. We always wanted to tell a story that had Han and Lando having one adventure after Return of the Jedi. At the same time, we really liked the idea of contrasting that with seeing them much earlier in their lives. A crime lord comes looking for the owner of the Millennium Falcon, but mistakenly thinks it was Han at the time, but it was really Lando, which gets Lando mixed up in something else Han did that was Han's fault. All these years later, the two of them have to right a wrong from much earlier in their history. Um, also, like this, if you if you care about um, like physical copies of books, this one has this awesome um, reversible dust jacket on it, and one half is this Han silhouette, and the other is Lando silhouette from the back. So you just see the cape, and they have a like the Millennium Falcon is like superimposed on top of it. They're really gorgeous. Um, and apparently they're they're doing a convention exclusive where the cover is reversible with either L3 or Chewbacca. And I, I'll just suggest looking up this book just to look at the cover art because it's really pretty. Ooh, let me try to do that real quick. Like I was like I immediately was just like drawn to those. And I'm I'm somebody who, it's cool, right? Yeah. Like I'm somebody who normally now, except with a few exceptions, I just do eBooks because I I don't have the room for physical books anymore. But that's so pretty. I might have to get it. It is. It's awesome. Um, and then there's also you know there's a bunch of kids books. Um, and some of the like Star Wars adventures is that the I think that's the like the young comic series they have. They're doing some solo stuff. Um, there's of course going to be the art of solo, and um, 
Pablo did the official guide to this one like he has on the others. Um, and then, you know, there's coloring books and there's sticker books, et cetera, et cetera. I think there's like a middle grade novel or two. Hell yeah. So they are like they are like starting to really push the Han Solo stuff. And I think what they did, which is is smart, which is it's not all solo movie stuff. Some of it is just, oh, here's a Chewbacca like picture book. <laughs> and here's other stories with Han and Chewie that aren't necessarily like right around the time of the movie. Yeah. I like that. That's creative because I feel like a lot of people who want to see Solo have a desire for the other characters too. Like, you know, we'll get some Lando stuff and especially Chewbacca. Like they just came out with that, that Chewbacca for real friend. That's really creepy. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> um it's really fucking creepy looking. Um it's got terrifying teeth. And its arms basically like come all the way down to its feet. And I don't I don't appreciate it. I used to have some of those like for real friends as a kid. Of course all of them were cats. But I never remember those cats being as creepy as that like Chewbacca was. Like it looks like he has like a little like mustache too for some reason. And yeah, I noticed that too. Like it's it's very different colored than the rest of his face. It's weird. And it makes it yeah. I don't I, I just I don't like it. Here's a question though. Are there any not like weird or like deformed or creepy looking Chewbacca like plush toys? Because I was at I was at Target the other day walking around before Black Panther and they have a fucking horrifying looking like stuffed Chewbacca. Um, here, I'm looking at the Disney store right now because I know there's one. Oh, yeah. I don't know if the Disney store is still doing this, but like $10 for stuffed animals. You can get a Porg or a Fathier or a Chewbacca for only $10. And that's really cheap. So I recommend you guys doing that. And I'm sending you a link to that Chewbacca because I don't think it's like very creepy. They have some Ewoks too, and those Ewoks are really cute. But, um... I do like Ewoks. I'll send you a link to the Ewok too. They used to have like they used to have different variations of Ewoks. They used to have like a black and white one that was really cute, but unfortunately, like I was I was at the other Disney park, so I couldn't get it, and I was really bummed about it. So now they only have the brown and tan one, which it's still cute, but I would have liked that other one better. But. Um, did you get that link of that Chewbacca? Um, let me see. Okay. Oh, I see it. Let me open it up. Let me look up Star Wars stuff. If it ever. Yeah, I do this a lot. Like, look up if there's any new Star Wars stuffed animals. I mean, this one's not, like, horrifying necessarily, but it's still, like, it's still fucking weird looking. That's fair. Like, I don't know, like, the eyes, like, the mouth is creeping me out. <laughs> okay, now looking at it. Here, wait. 
<laughs> yeah, that mouth is kind of weird. The eye, I don't know, but it's kind of I think, like even in even in their picture, like the eyes are all wonky. Oh my god! I no, I don't. No, I wish there was I don't a, love a cute Chewbacca. Like if there's a cute Chewbacca out there, like send it to us. Bring us cute Chewbacca. We need that in our lives. Ooh, 25% off your order and free shipping off $75. Code Disney Pal. Hopefully that or hopefully you buy some Disney stuff soon. I'm so pissed I never bought those porg pajamas. I'm mad at myself. You bought those pajamas. They're really good. I was so pissed because I went to the Disney store a couple or like a month ago and they had them there on sale but it was extra large so i'm like nah i could find this easier online which i never did and i'm like god damn it i should have gotten those pajamas like even if they were a little too big they were on sale and i'm like god oh regrets i always go to disney stores now just to see if they're there but obviously they're not but i'm still mad because those are really cute damn it Brittany. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. Anyways. Um, Let's see. What else is happening? Um, Okay. Well, before we get into the stuff that you watched, I said we should finally talk about Clone Wars again. Oh, I know. I watched it like three. It's been like three weeks now, I think. And so I don't, I don't really remember it. But... <laughs> I feel bad because I didn't ask you last week about it. Um, I have I have notes. I kept my notes because we were going to talk about it. And then, I mean, the solo trailer happened and then the EW articles came out. So we had a lot of other stuff to talk about. But um, I mean, if you think I don't remember the episodes normally, keep in mind, I normally <laughs> talk about those episodes <laughs> like two to three hours after seeing them. And this time it's been three weeks, so uh, yeah, this this is gonna be this will be a thing, or uh, maybe only two weeks, yeah. But um, this was episodes five and six of season three. Um, <laughs> okay, now I remember this one. This one I remember. This was called Corruption, and this one was with Satine and and Padme, mm-hmm. and on um, Mandalore. And there's sort of like, you know, all this other stuff that's going on because, of course, they're being neutral, which means that they're having problems getting supplies and stuff and they have to use smugglers. Um, and basically, when it starts out, there's these evil, green, sort of snaky looking dudes. And we see them bribing a customs official and they're bringing in in this tea for for the schools, but they're diluting it. And for some reason, the thing that they're diluting, they can't just like dilute it with water or something. So they're using this chemical that we're told is, is poisonous if it's used in the wrong dosages. And guess what? It's used in the wrong dosages. And suddenly there's a bunch of sick kids. Um, But... Uh, Satine and Padme like save the day um, and you're watching it and you're going oh man the Prime Minister of Mandalore um, is really super shady <laughs> um, and then like the episode ends with Satine 
um, asking Padme to to send one of the Jedi to try to figure out like what's going on on Mandalore, just because they know there's all this corruption and smuggling. And so that leads in to the next episode when this is called the Academy and this one, um, the, the Jedi that ends up being sent is Ahsoka and um, she's giving a, um, like a leadership, like she's at the leadership Academy. Um, she has to give up her lightsaber because of all the trouble that Obi-Wan caused last time he was on Mandalore with his lightsaber, which I thought was a nice little touch. But also, like, obviously they want, like, a reason for her to not have her weapon. But then, okay, so she's giving this lesson. And, like, basically, I guess she's she's teaching these kids that corruption is bad. <laughs> and, like, these are not, like, they're not, like, five or six. Like, these are, like, these are older kids. They're not, you know, they're not, like, adults. But if you have to have a whole class about how like corruption is bad and you shouldn't you know be making money off black market trading um that 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 seems like your planet has a real big problem and also like it's just sort of like it feels like if you're gonna have an anti-corruption class I don't know if Ahsoka would necessarily be who I would think of. Like, not that she's, like, corrupt, but just that she... It's not, like, something that she's an expert on. It was very strange. The whole thing was weird. But then we get... It's like Satine's nephew is one of the students. And, um... Sorry, I'm just looking at my ne- my notes, and literally my next note is, "Oh, hey, the Google spell check accepts Mandalore as a real word." Um, so the kids decide that they're gonna like go on a mission and like figure out what's going on, and so they see they oversee some of the smuggling. And one of the students said, "I have a bad feeling about this," and suddenly. I went into a blind rage. Um, So then it's just, you know, like it turns out the prime minister is in on it, like fucking obviously. And there's lots of fighting. And that's the end of my notes. I think some other shit happened. But at the end, it's like, yay, we caught the bad guys and we're now going to like, you know, do better. It's beautiful. That's yeah. That's my super good summary of these episodes. <laughs> no, I mean, I was able to catch on. I was able to remember those episodes as you're talking about it. But you know, I think too that either they chose Ahsoka to you know help those kids because I feel like she was around their age too. So I feel like they would listen to her because like they almost yeah. feel like she's one of them. But also the other Jedi are busy fighting a war, so that's why they're sending the Padawan probably. But I mean. Probably just another excuse to get Ahsoka in an episode, honestly. But um, yeah, like, like I see, like sending Ahsoka who to, to connect with these kids. It just seems like you could have had her g- give a class on like 
something more relevant to our skill set. And again, I'm just like the fact that they have to have a, le- a lecture on why corruption is bad. I'm just like, like, what the fuck are you doing on this planet? Weren't they in this like special school or some shit too? Yeah, they're in the leadership academy. So they're like they're like the kids who are going to be leading, like they're like going to be leading Mandalore someday. I would understand if this was like their very first lesson. Lesson: corruption is bad. But I mean, if this was their like fiftieth or seventh lesson, then that's that's kind of worrisome. And it was seriously like it was like, oh, you shouldn't. So you shouldn't put your own needs and wealth above the welfare of the whole planet. Like that was that was the lesson, apparently. Uh, <laughs> it was it was pretty it was pretty it was something, let me tell you. I'm still wondering why the fuck they named her nephew Corky. <laughs> I I don't know. Corky Corky. You know, it was really interesting because in a Rebels they had um this like bad guy come in and whatever, but I was like, damn it, like that was the perfect opportunity for that bad guy Mandalorian to be quirky. Because one, that's a person we know. And we would understand, oh, okay, like Mandalore fell and this person turned bad. Okay. That's easy, but of course it's Rebels. But oh yeah, Rebels is coming back soon. Yeah, I was just gonna ask, isn't it? When is it coming back? Monday, so um, Oh, well, really soon. Apparently, this one's going to be emotional, so that means I'm not going to shed one tear because I have no emotions in my body. No kidding. Um, with Rebels, yeah, I mean, uh, I have no, I don't want to get excited because I don't want to be let down, but I mean, a lot of people have been talking about um, these two episodes that are supposed to air tomorrow, that they're really like emotional if something happens. My theory, Kanan dies sacrificing himself for Hera, which probably be emotional because they're finally starting to show the audience, hey, look, they're kissing. They actually have feelings for each other. Even though I feel like if that would have been expressed early on, then that would have made me more captivated in their relationship and more sad if one of them dies. Plus, I know that Hera doesn't. So, like, the mystery of that is over to me. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited. Or, um, I don't know. I, I'm looking forward to it. Like, cool. Like, more Star Wars for me to digest and talk about. But it's, it's almost bittersweet in a way. Because, like, Rebels is just going to end. And I know that means, like, so much to people. And it makes me happy that it means so much to people. Like, and I don't regret that. It's not like my favorite show of all time. It's like, that's fine. But eh, cool Rebels. I'll review it next week. So that's exciting. I almost feel bad reviewing it, even though you haven't watched it. But oh well. <laughs> no, that's fine. Like it's, it's, you know, it's good to talk about it at least. And I'll sort of like, I like to know what's going on on Rebels. Mm-hmm. At least, you know, to a like general degree. And I am I am interested to know like how the show ends. Me too. I want to be confident that the show is going to end on a positive note to me, like that I'm going to accept the ending. But I have a strong feeling that I'm probably not going to, and that I'm going to be disappointed yet again by Dave. But 
I don't want to be too negative about this, which I already feel like I kind of am. I want to be more positive about Rebels, but I've been let down so many times that I'm just, I'm neutral. But, um, anyways, I'm glad that you seem to kind of enjoy these episodes other than that I have a bad feeling about this. Who said that? Ahsoka or Quirky? No, it was, it was, it wasn't a kid. It was one of the kids. It was a girl. I don't know. I mean, I certainly don't know her name. But it, it was, was just a blonde it, one, right? Maybe again. I saw this like two or three weeks ago. All I know is somebody said that line, and I <laughs> like I almost turned it off. Yeah, in the notes for this episode, Emily writes, "Fuck <laughs> off." Ah, <laughs> uh, beautiful. Well, that leads us to our our next discussion on um i i guess i i finally watched dark crystal yay what did you think because i rewatched fuck? it today i rewatched it today because i haven't seen it since i was like i don't know like maybe like 10 i i'm kind of glad i didn't watch this as a kid because i would have been so freaked out like when that dinosaur thing died and just crumpled up. I was like kind of freaked out. I'm like, what? And then like people were like watching him too. And he's just like, uh, and I was just like, God, that's traumatizing. Yeah. The Skeksis are really like fucking creepy looking. And the, I mean, even like the good guys, like the mystics are also fucking weird looking. But the Skeksis are terrifying. Oh, my God. I know. Like, a lot of things in this movie. I, like, Jen was, like, this, like, elf thing called, like, a Jeffling. Gelfling. Gelfling. Yeah. Gelfling. I was okay with Jen. Like, at first, I'm like, this is kind of weird, but I like it. But it turned into, okay, his girlfriend was kind of more weird. If that makes any sense, like, um, I'm trying to give like a rev- like. I kind of don't like. I know what happened. Like, I know the premises, but just it's like, oh, like it was kind of like, like the last movie, a labyrinth where they have to go on this mission to get this thing. Like they had to get the dark crystal to save everything, kind of like labyrinth, but like. Damn, there's a lot happened in between that I'm like, what? And they're all puppets. And it's like, that's interesting. Like, I was interested in, like, how they made the movie more than, like, actually the movie in a way. Yeah. Yeah. How many puppets they had to make and how many, like, that just really interested me. You can find on on YouTube, there's some good... um behind the scenes stuff because it was a mixture of of puppets and then what was for the time and this came out in 82 like really like cutting edge animatronic um and i'm not i'm not i'm not entirely sure what was what and what was a mixture of both but there there's there's some really interesting stuff out there just sort of the the amount of effort that goes into making a movie like that. Yeah, like, the effort was there, but 
I don't know. It was just like such a. It was an interesting story. Like, walk me through it, like your perspective of like the story, so that then I can just be like, okay, because like I'm not confident that I can like explain every detail of this story because I was kind of distracted at some parts. Yeah. Okay. So basically, you have a a planet where these these creatures called the Skeksis are in charge and they're these sort of scary um dinosaur birds dinosaur like very i would say probably very vulture inspired um creatures and they're very very evil and then you have the mystics who are sort of like this peaceful wise um but there's not many of them left um tribe and there is a prophecy with regards to the dark crystal. And there's going to be a Gelfling who is our main character, who um, his, his entire tribe has been wiped out and he is, he has been raised by the mystics. And then when like the wisest of them is about to die, he tells Jen that he is the chosen one who has to get a shard of the crystal um, before this, like this, it's going to be an alignment of the three suns that this planet has. And if the crystal isn't restored by then, then the Skeksis will be in charge forever. Um. And so, like, the other thing that happens at the beginning is that, like, the, the emperor of the Skeksis dies, and... There's that battle of the throne. Yeah, there's a, there's a fight for the throne. And so then it's, like, going back and forth between the Skeksis and, um, and Jen. Uh, Jen goes to get the Shard of the Crystal, um... And, um, like, there's other characters he meets along the way. Um, and so once he has this shard, then we also see him meet up with, it turns out, there's another Gelfling who is alive, <laughs> a, a female one named Kira, who can communicate with animals. That's her, like, power. And when they meet, it turns out there's sort of this, there's this connection between them. And they can sort of see each other's pasts. Yeah, I caught that because like they were like walking with each other and I hear like the voices in the background and like, oh, like this happened and this happened and this and this and this is why this. And I'm like, okay, like they're intellectually bonding. Cool. Like I kind of got that, but I was like, uh. Yeah. And then like Jen is trying to figure out exactly what he's supposed to do. Because he just knows that he has this shard of this crystal and he's got to do something with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, Kira shows him the remnants of the Gelfling tribe and like sort of the Gelfling city, I guess. Um, and there's there's um, like hieroglyphic type writing on the wall 
that shows a young Gelfling like putting the crystal back together. So he realizes what he has to do. Um, oh, I should I should point out um, Kira has a little like puff ball with teeth. Yeah, the fizz like or fizz gig. Fizz gig, who is like a little yeah, it's a little ball of fluff, and then it has these like huge sharp teeth. And I'm sure even if you haven't seen Dark Crystal, you've seen at some point the gif of that. Where it's cute little fuzzball, then all of a sudden, roar! I had never seen that before until I was trying to do an emoji on Twitter because I was saying that I was watching this movie. And I remember because I I was doing homework while I was watching this. And I like look at the screen and I hear that I see that or whatever noise that it made. And I was like, I love that little thing because it looks kind of like a cat because I saw it on screen first. Like I didn't say anything, but it just like did something. I'm like, oh, that looks kind of like a cat. I already like it. Then it screamed and I'm like, oh, my God. I that is me. (laughs) But yeah, I like Fizzgig was my favorite character. Yeah, and so and now I'm just like we're skipping over stuff along the way where like the Skeksis like send stuff like these horrible like crab monsters after them. Oh fuck those things. Um But then, you know, in the end, like um they they capture the Skeksis capture Kira and are draining the life force out of her, which is oh, really, yeah. really good, creepy for a kid's moving moment. Um, and then they, um, Jen tries to put the crystal back together, but he drops the shard, um, and Kira manages to throw it back to him, but she gets killed by the Skeksis. And then just as the suns are aligning in this prophecy, he manages to stick the, um, the shard of the crystal back together. And that is when... The the mystics all walk in, and the Skeksis and the mystics merge, and you realize that because a couple times in this movie we see a Skeksi die, and at the time that that one dies, one of the mystics fades away. Yeah, I saw. I noticed that. Yeah, and the, so then uh, when the crystals put together, they all they all merge into these other entirely different creatures, and it turns out that they had. They had been one species, and then when the crystal was broken, they split between the Skeksis and the Mystics. But now the world is as it should be, and so it sort of seems like, okay, the planet has been put to right. And then to reward Jen for his is like doing this, they bring Kira back to life. How is this a kids movie? <laughs> that is my question. I uh, cuz 1982 was a different time. Oh my god. Like this was yeah, this was sold as a family film. That's crazy to me. Like do people like is this like a cult favorite of like some people like do a lot of people like really enjoy this movie because I don't think I'd never heard of this movie until you mentioned it here. Yeah, um it's it's got quite a following. They're actually doing a um a Netflix series. I think it's Netflix. Yeah. 
and it's I guess like a prequel series. Um, but there's there's definitely a lot of a lot of fans out there. Um, I think you know generally people around my age and a little bit older who who you know like the movies that you see as kids that really stick with you and this this was one of them yeah like i i was looking up this movie and i saw they were having like screenings in like a in a couple towns or cities near me and i was like oh okay that's interesting but yeah like i it was so dark like that's the thing too that i just had like a weird feeling while watching it and I don't know, like, how I would have reacted as a kid watching this kind of movie. And I think of, like, God, like, what if I actually did watch this? Like, would I like it? Would I not? Probably wouldn't. I know my sister would be scared shitless of this movie, which probably would make me enjoy it even more. But <laughs> I, yeah, it was weird. You know, like, Jim Henson's films are just, like, dark and kind of weird. But, like... I, I look back to Labyrinth and I almost prefer that one over this one. Not just because of David, David Bowie and his tight pants, but No, I I in general I like I like Labyrinth a lot more. Mm-hmm. I mean it's one that I've like I've never not watched The Labyrinth. Like that's a movie that I, I revisit. <laughs> like you're not you know, I'm not watching it like I am other movies, but I am like, you know, probably like like every year or two I pull out Labyrinth because it's just sort of a like a fairy tale like you know movie even though there's some like dark and creepy stuff in there (laughs) but I mean Dark Crystal is like like yeah it's like messed up and it's scary like it did scare me as a kid but but I liked it as a kid I think I think we sometimes don't like give kids enough credit for like being able to watch something that's scary and like it which is weird because we know as adults we can watch horror films and enjoy them but for some reason we think that the kids won't and i think that's i think that's sort of patently false yeah well, I'm glad that I watched this movie overall. Like, it was interesting. Like, I feel like I need to, like, watch it again so I can, like, understand it more. Because for some reason, you know, I was doing homework while I was watching this, too. So that might be why, like, I didn't feel like I understood this movie so much. But it's, like, it's a lot to take in. And it's a lot, you know, for, like, the plot. Yeah, there is. And there's just so much. I think if you've never seen it before, seen it as an adult, there's so much going on visually Mm-hmm. That is that distracting, is, not in a bad yeah. way. Yeah, like it's a little bit overwhelming. Like there's that scene, like that. There's this Gexig's like feast scene that's really fucking gross. Oh, where just yeah. like where they're just like sort of like tearing into their food, and there's all these like gross, like sloppy eating sounds, and they're like tearing it at like meat, and you see like innard. It's like dripping off their beaks. <laughs> the and noodles. I, yeah, and I was watching this going, oh, yeah, you you definitely can't make this movie for kids today. Yeah. Like, like it just, it wouldn't get made. <laughs> because, they, like, they'd want it to be, like, cuter and brighter and, I don't know, like, yeah, not 
not every not every like family movie should be fucked up and creepy but i think it's i think it's good to have a couple of fucked up and creepy ones out there yeah i agree like this is really different for me but i know that there are a lot of people out there as kids that really enjoy this and that makes me happy but overall i want more of those jiffling things or giffling gelfling gelfling no fizz gig Fizz oh, Fig's gig. Fizz yeah, Fig's gig is great. I that, that's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, as soon as like I'm like, oh, that's what Britney's going to like. <laughs> oh my god, I just love the gif of it screaming. <laughs> I love the little like the feet, and it's like ah. Oh, that was good. That was good. But yeah, like all the puppets, man. Damn, that probably took a long ass time to make that movie. And then Frank Oz was did some voices, and he was a director with Henson too, which was cool. And he voiced some characters. But overall, like, damn, interesting movie. Glad I watched it though. Glad I watched it. Yeah, I wish we were still. I wish we were still like doing stuff with puppets. That's why I'm glad. I'm glad they're doing this Dark Crystal series. I just sort of I want more puppeteering because I think it's it's a f- really like you can do some really beautiful stuff with it. Yeah, I I almost wish that we were getting that a lot more like in Star Wars too, kind of like the newer ones. Like we got Yoda as a puppet in the Last Jedi, which. A lot of people, you know, had mixed feelings on. I personally thought it was fine. But I don't know. Like, I would like that, too. Like, I like the puppets. Yeah, because I'm watching. I've been I've been rewatching some of the show. Um, Farscape, which is a sci fi show that. Um, the The Henson Company did a lot of work on. And like one of the one of the major characters Actually, a couple of the char- major characters are are puppets, and all of their all of their alien design is 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 really alien looking. I mean, they have some that are humanoid, but I would say much more than than like. I love Star Trek, but Star Trek was always just like, "Hey, let's just put something weird on this guy's face, and then he's an <laughs> alien." Which I understand, because, I mean, it's not like the show had a huge budget or anything. But, I mean, now they did Farscape. And Farscape, like, yeah, they have some that are just like, hey, here's a guy with some stuff on his face. But they also have alien creatures that are very, very alien. You know, it's not, not everybody has two arms and two legs. Yeah. They're not all humanoid. And I, and I like that. It makes your it makes your universe a lot more interesting. Yeah, I agree. Huh, well, I don't know what other movies to add on my list of something to watch next. Um, I mean, I was trying to think of sort of movies that are like this. Have and this is going to hurt me so much. Have you seen The Princess Bride? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> 
that that I that okay. I'm glad I wasn't quite sure, and I'm like, oh no, if she hadn't seen the Princess Bride, that's bad. I haven't seen it in a long time though, but yeah, I've seen okay. it before. But you've seen it. That's yeah, yeah. That's that's something. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm sort of looking at my stuff. <laughs> There's nothing else that sort of really jumps out at me. Okay, that's good. But you know, listeners out there. If there's something sort of of this ilk of, you know, the sort of 80s fantasy, like, that defined your childhood sort of thing, um, you know, get in touch with us at CantoBitePod on Twitter or email us CantoBitePod at gmail.com. I'm not going to guarantee that we're going to watch everything, but (laughs) it'd, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, I'd I'd love to watch more things that I would have never watched as a kid or that, you know, I've never seen before. But I feel like, you know, along the way, you're going to be mentioning movies. I'm going to be like, I've never seen that. But I mean, like, we've we've come far in the past 29 episodes. I mean, I watched The Muppets. Yeah. That's pretty big. Yeah. David Bowie. David Bowie. Now Dark Crystal. Dark Crystal. Um, I mean, we still we still need to get you to watch some Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll watch some episodes by the time we um, record next week and I'll give my little review. But um, I would say as somebody who is going into Seinfeld for the first time, don't like don't watch the pilot. But instead, like l- like Google, like, you know, like best Seinfeld episodes or top Seinfeld episodes and watch the, like some of those. I don't have to, like, I'm weird though. I'm like, I have to watch like season one, episode one, episode two, episode three, episode four, and then season two, you know, like I have to go in like the order, but. But, there, but Seinfeld is, I mean, there's no, there's like no continuity. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, there's still like those, they're, they're in the later seasons. There's a couple of things where like characters end up engaged or something like that. But for the most part, you can watch any episode of Seinfeld with no context. <laughs> oh, okay. That <laughs> that'll be fun. Um, yeah, I'll 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 send you some. I'll I'll think about like which ones I really, really like and send you a couple. But I mean it's sort of it's sort of I think it sort of found its stride like in the second or third season, I would say. The first one, and I, and I like the first season, but it's it's a little bit rougher. Hmm. And then they sort of they found what they were, what their voice was. Okay, that sounds like something I would probably enjoy. So I I'm excited to laugh and tell everyone about my experiences. Yeah, even my parents were like, "You've never seen Seinfeld?" I'm like, "I live here. You would know." <laughs> <laughs> and my mom's like we've been to new york we went to the soup nazi and i'm like i didn't get any of that okay well you should definitely watch the soup nazi episode yeah because i mean that's just classic <laughs> like if you watch nothing else soup nazi um puffy shirt 
Um, and this is none of this is going to mean anything to you. Um, low talkers are really good. Oh no, low talker is puffy shirt. Um, there's, there's, um, oh, there's just so many good ones. And the thing with Seinfeld is because they often have like, you know, like the A and the B and the C plots. Mm-hmm. I sort of forget which plots go together. Because sometimes they all connect in the end and sometimes they don't. But I'll realize, like, when I start listing, like, my favorite Seinfeld plots, then I'll sometimes realize that a couple of them all happened in the same episode. <laughs> okay. But, yeah. It's, it's you know, I don't know. I, I don't know how it is watching it for the first time now. So I'd be interested to hear what you have to say. Well, I'm excited to review it then and to watch it. It'll be fun. Maybe I'll have to get you to watch something other than the clone. When the Clone Wars is over, I'll probably have to get you to watch something too. Yeah, or in the meantime, if there's anything. Like, I mean, if it's like, I'm not going to start watching another series right now. Nah. But if there's another movie or something that I'd really need to see. I'm trying to think of like, if there are any like Disney movies that you haven't seen. Like, you've seen like The Lion King, like yeah. Pocahontas. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of like any other ones, like Snow White. Yeah, of course I've seen those. Good. Yeah, I don't think I've seen like yeah. yeah, I've seen almost all of the older ones, like the classic, like Disney canon. Those are my favorites. Like now, going back and watching those movies, I get like really emotional. Like I remember once I was like getting ready for like Thanksgiving and like Snow White was on, and I was like. <laughs> But then I watched it again at work like a couple months ago and I was like, the fuck is it? No, I was just like, wow, like, you know, technology and like movie making, like such like animation has like gone so far since like the the 30s when this was made, you know? Yeah, but I, I don't know. I, I, I like that old style. Yeah. Um, I like the. I prefer the, the 2D animation. But Cinderella was always my favorite. Uh, yeah. I was just, I was literally just thinking about that right now. Gus, Gus. Gus, Gus. Fuck, I love that mouse. Me too. I love all the mice in that movie. But Gus, Gus wins. Oh, yeah. Little cute fat mouse. <laughs> I mean, come on. There's like, um, there's like in the, in the early 2000s, they did uh, Cinderella 2 and 3. <laughs> And those movies are like painfully bad, but like kind of funny because like they turn like one of the mice into a human. Oh, and then one of the stepsisters falls for him or something, I think. And it's just, it's really like, it's terribly bad. That's weird. But yeah, those are bad. I hate when they do those like the sequels that no one ever asked for, you know? Like, yeah. Like, I understand, like, like uh, after Lion King, they had, like, that Timon and Pumbaa show for, like, a couple, I think, like, a year or two or something. But, like, if it's something that came out in, like, the 50s and then, like, early 2000s, hey, let's make a second one. You know, like, Lady and the Tramp also. Like, no one asked for these. And, it, like, even though, like, as a kid, I'm like, okay, cool, more shit. Like, now I'm like, what the fuck did I watch? But 
I don't know if you can hear my, okay, I feel bad because like my chair is really squeaky and like every time I move, I'm always afraid that like, the, I don't know how good the sound on my mic is, but like, I just hear like squeak sometimes. Like I move and hear squeak, squeak. And I'm just like, God, I hope people. I mean, I haven't, I haven't heard much. And if, if I, if it is really picking up all, I'll try to edit out what I can, but no, I, I haven't, I haven't noticed anything. God, just sometimes like I move and it makes like a loud squeak. I'm like, no, but better than one of my porgs going off. But I turned off my one porg, but <laughs> just, I simultaneously just like did all the porgs at once. I just pressed one of them right now. Okay, I wasn't sure whether that was the porg or the chair. So <laughs> I should just say that was the chair. Yeah, my, my chair makes porg noises. <sighs> Um, do you want to get to our, I don't think we have any emails. Let me, let me check right now. I No, but we do have our uh, top three. Yay! Who's it from? This is from Matt Heiss. And he, and this was actually like, this was, I mean, almost a month ago now. So sorry that it took us so long, Matt. I hope you're still listening to our podcast. Yeah. But, um, cause we, you know, we skipped a couple weeks and. We just got busy with stuff. But this says, hi, ladies. It's my first time writing, but I have been listening for a while. I love the podcast. What are your top three aliens in the Star Wars galaxy? Keep up the good work, Matt. Now, um, he doesn't specify this, but because we have previously done top three creatures. So I feel like this needs to be top three, like, sentient, like, people aliens. So... As my notes say, you can't choose porks. Porks are people too. They have their no, own civilization. No, they don't have their own civilization. They have nests. Well, okay. Our pe- okay. Our penguins people. They can be if they wanted to be. They have their own civilization. Oh they have like you know their own way of living. They. But the, every single animal has their own way of living. Yeah, but okay. In in Return of the Jedi, do we see that Ewok? Is that in a nest or is that like in a bin or something? Like, what if they just put the little Ewoks in bins and like it's like a nest? But that's like, I mean, we put our kids in like snugglies and cradles and yeah, shit. We, people, you have to carry them around somewhere. You have cribs. Too. You can't. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, porgs aren't porgs aren't making themselves clothing. They don't, don't have like a, they're not like playing the drums. <laughs> I don't know what your porgs are doing then. That's why I'm starting a porg band. Like uh, Dave here can play the the tambourine really well, and um, Kay and Bacon can make some nice moves with the guitar. No, I don't know. I like the fact that the first instrument in your band is a tambourine like that's like that's the star of your show lead tambourinist that's the best part oh man but yeah i was trying to win that battle but i knew i was gonna lose but i, I went down trying <laughs> do you want to go first or yeah I go i'll first? go first um okay my number three are Gungans. I have always admired the Gungans, like, you know, where they live, who they are, 
what they stand for. Like as a kid, I really wanted to live on Uthaguga. I think that's how you pronounce it, like the underwater area. Like I just thought that was sick. Like I'm just loving these like amphibian like characters. I think those are my favorite because my number two is the uh, Mon Mon Calamari. Calamari. No kidding. But I just I love them, too. Like I've always liked Admiral Akbar. There's um, there's an arc in the Clone Wars and the other Clone Wars uh, series. They show the Mon Mon Calamari. God damn it, Brittany. But um, I just like, you know, their fighting style and everything. I just like Admiral Akbar. He's a cool dude, even though. (laughs) <laughs> why did george just make him say it's a trap like i did he know i he probably didn't know that that would become such like a phenomenon like today that people would like quote admiral akbar because i've been doing that for years like i've always thought that was so funny but um my number one are wookies yay i love wookies i love where they live i love I really enjoyed in Revenge of the Sith that we got to see them in battle. I would have loved to see them decapitating some of those droids, though. Like, taking off some, like, droid hands or some shit. Because we saw them, like, bomb some ships and shit. Like, we saw Chewbacca climb on one of the mm-hmm. the ships and destroy it. But I would have loved more, like, intense Wookiee action. But that's just me. But I love Wookiees. What about you? Let's see. Um, my number three is the caretakers. Um, I mean, they probably have an actual species name, but I couldn't. There, I mean, as far as we know, they're just the caretakers. I think. Yeah. But they just made me laugh a lot. I liked how pissy they were. Cause here are these fucking annoying, like weird-looking, skinny, two-legged creatures who like. Just show up on their island and break things. Sorry, I'm laughing. Um, Mark Hamill just liked a Raylo tweet. Oh my god, Mark. <laughs> it's like one of those like handmade pictures of like um Kylo and Ray like making out. I'm gonna like it so like you can go on my Twitter and look at my likes, but oh my god, I love it. I love that mark, but anyways, go on. Um, number two, I like the Twilex. Um, I like the I like the just sort of from a design standpoint. I think they're cool looking, and also they're one of the like they've been sort of the Clone Wars episodes that I've liked have been set on Ryloth. I like them, um, and there's like the cute little one that we see. In one of the episodes when the uh, clones rescue her. And she's just being really cute. Um, And I'm a sucker for cute alien kids. (laughs) And my number one surprising nobody is going to be the Ewoks. Because they look like teddy bears and they kill and eat people. And frankly, like, that's all I need. Like a little cute, like little bear looking thing. But then they're really super good at setting traps and killing stormtroopers and presumably uh, cooking and eating them because, like, why would you why would you waste the meat? 
and then using their helmets that you got as drums. drums. <laughs> oh, and this is something that came up that um, when I was talking with um, Mike at the at the party last night, and I, I forget um, the source on this. Um, it's apparently been out, but I didn't know about it, which is in one of the upcoming books, there is going to be an Ewok slicer. So there's going to be like a hacker Ewok in one of the books. Oh, my God. And I've decided that this is my favorite thing that has ever happened. Um, I never want to see it on screen, although I am somebody who at some point does want to see the Ewoks again. Yeah. just But the idea of an Ewok who got off of Endor and learned to be a hacker, I'm sorry, a slicer, boo, mm-hmm. like, that's so, that's so cool. I just love it. I want to know whatever book it is. Um, I'm going to buy that book. If anybody does know what book it is, please let me know. Like hit me up on Twitter because I I need to read about that because it pleases me a lot. Yeah, <laughs> a hacker, an Ewok hacker. That interests me. That Ewoks are getting off of. Endor like I don't think we've ever I remember asking a couple episodes ago because I felt like I saw an Ewok in the Phantom Menace but I don't know I feel like I per- think I've seen we saw E.T. in the Phantom Menace for God's sake so yeah I mean, and I do I do wonder because I don't know which book it is I don't know like when it's set uh, I mean it probably makes more sense for it to be post Jedi that one of them would have like gone elsewhere. Yeah, I don't think they would have been comfortable of leaving Endor during the Empire. Yeah, or even just like even like how much opportunity they would have had to leave. But it seems like afterwards, especially if if they are in fact experiencing some sort of you know nuclear winter or something that you would you would get them off that moon if they wanted to go yeah like how would they have left beforehand you know because like they don't have ships or i don't think they really are known to make you know things like that yeah they're not i mean as far as we know they don't they don't have like interstellar travel but I don't know. I want that's why I want to read this book because I want to I want to hacker Ewok because it's awesome and so dumb. I love it. Oh, sometimes there's just stuff that just like there's no reason that it should please me as much as it does. Yeah. And it's like it's sort of a coin flip whether I go that's the stupidest thing I ever heard or that's the best thing I ever heard. But in this case, it just happens to be the best thing I ever heard. That's amazing. Who told you this? Mike did? 
Mike did. He saw it. It was on some Facebook page that he saw. Oh, shit. That's funny. But I don't, like, for the life of me, I don't remember which one. Or I would give, I would get credit. But So I don't, like, I don't know. Like, but it seems like it's it's pretty solidly going to happen. So again, if anybody knows which book, hook me up. Yes, please. Yes. <sighs> well, thank you, Matt, for the top three this week. Again, if you guys have any top three recommendations, email us at cantobitepod at gmail.com. We don't have any right now or emails, so give us everything. <laughs> please. You don't have to, but please. We want you to. Yeah. Yeah, send us stuff, especially since we're sort of in a, um, well, presumably right now, in a news lull. I mean, you know, we have a trailer. We've had, like, the, the probably, like, what's going to be, like, the big Entertainment Weekly articles. I mean, I'm sure there'll be some little stuff, but... Yeah, like from what I heard, because I was listening to um, Steel Wars' episode with Anthony Bresnikan yesterday, which I highly recommend everyone listen to. He was like hinting at there was probably going to be like one more article, but it was like kind of spoilery and he wasn't sure if he was going to post it. Okay. But I don't know. I do I do like how and it, obviously it's like part of his job but I do like how conscientious he is um the brez I mean about about spoilers. Oh yeah. I don't I mean obviously part of that is you know wanting to make sure you continue to have access to these people but I think he also really does take it seriously from a fan perspective. And sort of, like, what news you put out there. Like, because it's not just... If you put it out there, it's not just going to be people who seek out that article and read it. Because we we spread stuff so quickly now. On Twitter and stuff. Yeah, like, that was one thing that I got from that interview, too. Is that... Or that episode of Steel Wars. Is that he takes this so serious... It was such pride, and I think that's so great. Like, he just is an amazing person, and just how he conducts these interviews and the thought that goes into it is just, it's really an interesting perspective to see. And I was really enjoying that episode and enjoying, I've been enjoying his articles too, you know, since, you know, very back when I found out who he was because of Steel and because he did those um, articles for The Last Jedi and probably other Star Wars ones too, which I'm probably forgetting and I feel bad, but. It's awesome what he does. Yeah, I like him. I also just like, I just sort of genuinely like him. I follow him on Twitter. I think he's cool. Hell yeah. Huh, well, um, oh my god. Episode 29 is over. That means next week will be episode 30. Yeah, that's how numbers work. <laughs> Congratulations. Hey. I know numbers. <laughs> I I go to college. I have come far in my education. I know what numbers are. <laughs> A ringing endorsement of our educational system. Damn straight. I know I'm uh, I'm mad. I have school tomorrow and I shouldn't because it's President's Day, but I shouldn't be complaining because I get out in April. Late April, I think. 
but yeah, everyone else is off tomorrow and I have to go take an exam and do fun, not fun stuff. Oh, I'm so glad I don't have work tomorrow. <sighs> Lucky. Sorry, I'm not sure. <laughs> Didn't your Alexa just go off? Yeah, and I and I don't know why because I don't like I like running back what I just said. What what the fuck woke it up? What did I say that sounded like her name? Oh my god! And by the way, I've been watching a lot of the Olympics, and apparently, like Google is one of the big sponsors of it because they have a ton of Google Home ads, and it's really annoying because every time it happens, my Google Home wakes up. That's funny. Yeah. I, I've been watching a lot of Olympics, but God, that ice skating. That got me. The the two Canadians that did the, the group ice skating to a song from Moulin Rouge. Oh, my God. I love them. I am done shipping Raylo. I ship these two people. <laughs> <laughs> oh. They're just so great. But, you know, because we were talking about the Olympic sports the other day, but it's like, how do these people get into these sports? It's crazy. Yeah. So it's weird. like, I understand, you know, I understand how people get into the ones you can do casually, yeah. like skiing and, and snowboarding and ice skating and like, obviously like the, you know, like curling and hockey, you know, it's sort of like, if those are the team sports where like you are, that makes sense because it's something you can sort of do on the weekends and then realize, oh, I'm really good at this. I can do this at a competitive level. But something like luge, where you that's a, like everything about that is specialized. Like you have to have access to a track. You have to have access to all this like really specialized safety equipment. And so I sort of don't, I don't like, I don't know, I guess maybe, I mean, if you live in a, in a, in a country with a, with the sort of the climate where you can have that, um, for a good portion of the year, maybe you just, maybe you see it on the Olympics when you're a kid and you decide that's like, I want to try that, but it still seems crazy to me. Is Lujing the one where they're going down like the big snow slide or the big ice slide or they're yes. going down on like yeah. the sled? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. It's, it's the one there's that. And there's, skeleton where you're doing like it's all it's it's very similar i think it's the same track but instead you're going down face first <laughs> and then the the other of the quote-unquote sliding sports which i don't know why that makes me like every time i hear that it just makes me laugh it seems so silly not like the sports themselves but just the fact that you call them sliding sports and you say <laughs> that like seriously as with your serious sports broadcaster face but and then, of course, like the the bobsled, which I I don't think has started yet, or at least if it has, they haven't been showing it, which is a shame because I like watching bobsled. Nah, I don't think it started yet. I feel like we would know more about it. But uh, man, I want to like luge. Like I see that every time I see the luge, I'm like, I want to try that so bad. But and where I, would I, you I, try it? Exactly. <laughs> I want to try it. Like, it's not something you can just try, but I really want to because it seems terrifying, but in, like, a fun way. Yeah. 
you know, I just love seeing these sports and seeing like the people's excitement like that. It almost makes me like miss like the sports I would play. But like I wasn't really like I I, w- I wasn't like really good. And like that makes me wish that like, damn it, I wish I was like really good at something so that I can like compete and win and get all excited. But then like I remember like how stressed the fuck out those people are. And, you know, they probably don't eat, don't sleep because they're so nervous. So I'm glad I'm not those people. But, you know, when they win, they're probably really happy and relieved. Yeah, I was really happy um, with with the ice skating with the um, when the German team won the pairs um, because it was her. It was like her fourth or fifth Olympics or something crazy like that. And she'd she'd never gotten gold um, mostly because her like partners have fucked up. And and seeing them win because they I mean, they were in fourth coming into the free skate because he like did a triple instead of a quad or or like a double instead of a triple on one of their jump um, jumps during the short program. So like it looked like maybe they were going to miss out again. And the like they I mean, they just did a beautiful, beautiful skate for their for their free skate, but also seeing his relief <laughs> after that when he didn't fuck anything up <laughs> like like she was ecstatic but he like he was like it was it was like he was so emotional afterwards oh my god and and just watching them as the scores came in like when they realized they got the gold was amazing oh i need to go back and watch that yeah, you know, like I never like I never want to watch anybody fail. Mm-hmm. But occasionally, like, but when I when there's somebody that I just like, you know, it is just it's, I don't follow ice skating like throughout the year. Like I'll watch it occasionally at the World Championships or something if I happen to notice it's on. But with the Olympics, it'll just be like I always, you know, like the underdogs or if it's somebody like this like this German woman who has been going for this for so long. And then finally gets gold. I always cheer for those people. Yeah. I always try to also, you know, go for the underdogs. and. But I don't know. Like, sometimes, like, if the performances are, like, really, like, moving, like, that's when I'm, like, oh, my God. Like, they they deserve it. And, like, you know, with the Canadian couple who did it, um, I think, last Saturday, I, it was it was pair. Or they did it was, like, freestyle or something. Like, they did such a wonderful job, you know, displaying like emotion and everything. And, you know, I was watching a video of them like before the Olympics, you know, getting ready. And like they put so much effort and so much emotion into these dances. Like those people have been dancing with each other for over 20 years. That's a long time. Like they would known each other since they were like little kids. And I was watching videos of them ice skating when they were little too. And God, knowing someone for 20 years and skating with them and like they aren't even together too like they're just friends which i find fucking crazy because of how much chemistry they have as skaters but god like they did so good and like there are these two siblings that also did freestyle skating too but uh, i enjoy their performance but i almost feel like in like skating like that you need to you you need to have chemistry and i feel like when you're skating with your sibling i it's great 
But then again, like, I don't feel like I get the chemistry or I connect with the performance because they're siblings, you know? Yeah, it's always, yeah, because I don't know, there's something about, I mean, figure skating, it, like, pairs figure skating just seems so intimate mm-hmm. that the, the sibling thing is just, I don't know, it's just weird. Yeah, and it's like, they did a good job and they did something with, with Coldplay or something, and I was like, I wish it was something like the music was better or something or that I connect with it more. And it just it's like that's the thing is chemistry and it's so intimate and it's hard to get that with siblings. But oh, yeah. Yeah. And there are married couples that do that. There are, you know, like the Canadian couple friends that do that. Oh, God. I feel almost feel bad for them now because like so many people are like shipping them. And it's like, they're like, no, we're friends, but. I think people who like ship like real people. Yeah. Is really, it's like, it's really creepy to me. Like you wouldn't go, oh, they're a really cute couple. But as soon as somebody's like, hey, no, we're not a couple. Then, yeah. then, yeah. But like people write, I, people I, write fanfic about real people. And that is disturbing. Yeah, I can't imagine because it's like, you know, I've had that experience before where like people try to ship me with people and I'm just like, okay, thank you. But like, I can't imagine like someone writing like fan fiction about me. Like that's just, that, that would be weird. But I feel bad for those people too. Like that's, like I understand like shipping, like, you know, like Raylo, like I get it cool like that's something that you know i can see that people shipping but like they write stories about it cool but like real people like shit that's problematic yeah i it's it's i don't know i find it highly disturbing (laughs) oh man well um well anyways yeah, um, let's see. Where can people find you on Twitter, Brittany? You can find me on Twitter as Kento Brit. Alrighty, and you can find me at EF Lind. That's at E-F-L-I-N-D. You can find the show at Canto Bite Pod. That's also where we are on Instagram. Um like we said earlier, you can email the show cantobitepod at gmail.com, you know, like send us audio file questions or send us theories on things or send us topics for top threes. But um, also, if you have an iTunes account, uh, please rate and review us on there. That helps us out. Or like if you're on SoundCloud, give the account a follow. Um, it just sort of helps get us out there more. And then we have more lovely listeners. But thank you for everybody who's listened so far. Um, you know, next week is 30 episodes, which we're pretty excited about. Yeah. And, um, you know, thanks for listening. And we will talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye.